Hello and welcome back to Throwback Reviews Podcast. We're a little late, but better late than never, right? And as the title says, this episode is about vacation from 1983. Rob O'Hara, how's it going, buddy? It's going pretty good, man. I feel like uh, in the big scheme of things, like in the uh, history of the universe, we're not that late. You know what I mean? Like dinosaurs have been gone for what, you know? Hundreds of millions of years for a couple days late. I feel like yeah. we're all right. I feel like I just have to like call myself out on it because it's like such an easy task if you think about it, like all those weekly podcasts, right? So it seems like it's such an easy task to do one a, one a month, but it's like we, we were good because we started, I think we started around Labor Day, right? In September. And then, yeah, we picked a hard time of year though to come back into it. I mean, right now, like you know, you got Halloween, you got Thanksgiving, you got Christmas, you got New Year's. So this is a tough, tough time of year to pull it out. You know, I mean, I, I guess you could say Christmas. We could understand even Thanksgiving to a degree, but October. I mean, Halloween. <laughs> it's like it's it's not like you're doing a lot of family things leading up to Halloween. You know what I mean? I so spent, uh, I, at least three days sorting all the starbursts. Into different piles that the kids got, yeah, but that's and, uh, post. Ho- that's post Halloween. Didn't even go trick or treating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, well, what are you gonna do? We we said what we're gonna try. It's just and we funny. We could have made it, but then I fell asleep for uh, three days after Thanksgiving. Yeah. Turkeys and turkey and more turkey, and I was just in a coma. Well, well, the funny thing is too is like when we came back, right, that first episode, and I was like, yeah, we're gonna try to do once a month, and if we can do more, hey, it'll be bonus episodes. <laughs> We couldn't stick to the game plan for the month of uh, of November. But we aim high. We yeah. aimed high. Yeah. So maybe we'll get half an episode out in it by the end of the year. But yeah. So we're talking about National Lampoon's uh, Vacation, the original. In the what we, uh, my my son asked me that too because I actually just watched it with my oldest son. He had never seen it, and I'm like, it's not the first in the trilogy. Like. And I was explaining to him like how every movie, you know, the the kids are the same, but they're different actors, right? And mm-hmm. you know, sometimes they seem younger, older, or whatever. So it's, it. And I kind of said to him, like, I wonder. I'll have to ask Rob what he thinks if if that's meant to be that there's no timeline to these. You don't know, like Christmas Vacation could have been before this, or you know what I'm saying, based on how the kids. Because in European Vacation, they're older, right? And then they drop down. In age, I think in Christmas vacation compared to European. Yeah, I think there's a well in a Vegas vacation. Uh, you know, Rusty isn't remember he gets the fake ID because yeah. he's not old enough to be. You know, so yeah, I think it they play pretty fast and loose. I know there's one. I don't know if it's Vegas or Christmas vacation uh, where. Chevy Chase looks at the kids and he goes, I barely recognize you anymore. And then they kind of look at the camera and it's kind of a wink, yeah. uh, you know, acknowledgement that it's always different actors. But, you know, I think sometimes Rusty is supposed to be older than Audrey and sometimes he's younger than Audrey. Um, but yeah, they always seem to be kind of in that mid to late uh, teenage, kind, you know, no matter how old uh, the parents get, the kids always kind of seem to stay in that same age. Yeah. Um. So, you know, it's funny. It was, I can remember parts of this movie, but watching, I hadn't, I don't think I've watched it really since I was a kid. I mean, um, I, is it, is it yeah. something that you've watched more often that like, cause I think uh, we can get to talk about it later, but you know, as far as like how we liked the vacation movies in orders type of thing. 
Sure, sure. Um, well, you know, the uh, uh, I do go back and watch this every now and then. This seems to be on cable quite a bit, so you'll be flipping channels and this will be on. And, uh, of course, to get ready for the podcast episode, I watched the entire movie. And you forget uh, how much gets cut out of this movie when <laughs> it appears on cable. There's a lot of jokes uh, there's some, you know, a lot of F-bombs in the mm-hmm. middle of the movie. There's just a lot of stuff that uh, doesn't appear on the cable version. So, And I think I've watched this with my kids, but only on cable. I don't think they've seen the full uh, uncut version. Right. Yeah, what, what was the uh, rating on this? It's R-rated, I think so. Is it R-rated? I'll have to double-check that, but I, I think it is. Um, and I know the new one that they just did was also R-rated. Okay. Um, the 2015 ones. So. Yeah, because Ethan asked me. I'm like, I don't, I don't know what it's rated, because you know, I mean, you see, you see her uh, bare breasts in the movie, and I'm like, yeah, this is the, this is the first and the last time I think that you see her uh, in the in, in the whole series. I think it's got to be R-rated, just off of uh, Chevy Chase's speech in the middle when he <laughs> loses his mind. Yeah, I, there's. Uh, what, what, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think there was kind of a rule back then where uh, you could get away with one F-bomb and that would get you PG-13 uh, or PG. You know, at this time, I think this predates uh, PG-13. But uh, once you start dropping a bunch of them, I think it goes to R rating. Yeah. So uh, I'm sure, I would assume that most people have seen it or seen parts of it. But if you want to give like a little summary like we used to do. Sure. You know, we, uh, as we, we used to review back in the day when we did all of our 80s reviews, I would sometimes come up with a, a summary or a review that sometimes ran a little too long when I would go back and listen to it. But uh, the plot of this movie is pretty simple. The Griswolds, who are a family in Chicago, plan and go on a cross-country road trip from Chicago to Wally World, which is uh, supposed to be, obviously, it's a stand-in for Disney World, so... That's pretty much the plot. Uh, it's it's them planning the road trip, going on the road trip, all the stops they make along the way, and then eventually arriving at Wally World where they find a surprise. Um, real quick, the writer of the movie was John Hughes. Uh, he was born in 1950 and died in 2009. Uh, we know John Hughes from Mr. Mom, Breakfast Club, Home Alone, uh, gosh, Weird Science, Pretty in Pink, Ferris Bueller. He's obviously, you know, he was the king of the 80s teenage movies. And it was directed by Harold Ramis, who passed away in 2014. Harold Ramis wrote the scripts for Animal House, Meatballs, Caddyshack, Stripes, Ghostbusters, um, Back to School, Groundhog Day. I mean, so these guys are definitely... 80s legends. I mean, you put these two together, uh, you are definitely going to have a great film. The main cast, of course, we've got Chevy Chase, who is the father, Clark Griswold, the mom, Beverly D'Angelo, who is Ellen, and then we've got the two kids. Like you mentioned, the kids change in every movie, uh, but Anthony Michael Hall is Rusty Griswold, and Dana Barron is Audrey Griswold. And you've got a bunch of uh, comedy heavy hitters. Yeah. I'm guessing this is people that they knew or, or pulled in. you got Eugene Levy is the uh, car salesman. I I mean, we're older, right? I knew him from Splash. Like, when I yeah. think of Eugene Levy, I think of him with that neck brace mm-hmm. around that stupid scene. 
Um, they're armed and dangerous. Uh, you know, later, late or early nineties, you got father of the bride or whatever, but my kids, probably our kids and the younger generation know him from, uh, Schitt's Creek, you know, as being the, or uh, American the pie. He was the father in American pie, wasn't he? American pie. Yep. Yep. That too. So, um, yeah, he's in a pretty famous scene involving a pie. If I remember correctly, <laughs> yeah. um, you got, uh, Imogene Coca, who I gotta admit, uh, and she uh, obviously plays uh, Aunt Edna. I mean, I didn't realize how big she was. Uh, she uh, starred on your show of shows for five years. She was the host with um, uh, Sid Caesar. That was in the 1950s. She was in a ton of different things. And when I read this on IMDb, I immediately had a flashback to this episode. She was uh, Aunt Jenny who was uh, Jan Brady's aunt, you know, the, the Brady Bunch's aunt, on the episode of the Brady Bunch. And this is the episode where Jan just doesn't know, I mean, she doesn't feel like she fits in with the other kids. And Aunt Jenny comes to visit. And this is when, uh, you know, Jan ends up wearing this giant Afro wig and all these other things where the aunt is, uh, you know, uh, she's like a unique kind of person. And so Jan kind of gets that, but it's a real funny episode, but that was her. I didn't realize that. Um, she was actually uh, a comedian and, and was on Broadway and all these things that she almost didn't take this role because uh, she said she didn't think she could be mean. She couldn't come off as mean. Uh, and she was afraid of, uh, uh, you know, not being able to pull it off. Also, I did read in a, a trivia on a website that, uh, it's reported that she had a stroke during the filming of Vacation. Really? And yeah, and so there were other things they were going to do with her along the way, and so that they may have changed things along the way. Like that's, you know, why they kind of got her out of the the film halfway. Along. <laughs> that's why they left her on the back porch in the, in the rain. <laughs> <laughs> that's such a funny scene. Uh, you got Randy Quaid, right? Uh, who is cousin Eddie? Um, I don't know where you know um, Randy Quaid from. It's funny because we were before we started recording, we were talking about Harry Connick Jr. and Independence Day, but Randy Quaid's also in Independence Day. He's and he's kind of the same kind of character. He's like the uh, redneck guy who kind of saves that. Well, he does. He he saves the Earth at the end of it. And so I think, you know, I mean, he's in a lot of movies, um, but lately I think he's known more for his uh, conspiracy theories yeah. and kind of strange behavior online. Um, and then we got Brian Doyle Murray, who, uh, he's one of those guys, he's always in the background, he's never the star, he's always some character actor, and once you see him and start to recognize him, you can't unsee him or unhear his voice. He's obviously, um, uh, Bill Murray's brother. Yeah. Uh, he has been in, uh, what are some of the ones? So he was in 16 Candles, but he was the reverend. I mean, it's this small little part. He was in... Ghostbusters 2, he's the psychiatrist that the Ghostbusters have to go see after they've been arrested or whatever. Um, in Christmas Vacation, he's Clark Griswold's boss. Yeah, boss that, that actually didn't even click with me till I, I watched it earlier today, and I was like, oh, that's... I mean, I, I know him, uh, but it, mm -hmm. it just kind of clicked that, oh, yeah, that's right, he's the boss with a mustache. Yeah, you know, so. yeah. in Wayne's World, he's uh, the uh, the guy that owns Noah's Arcade. And in the movie, he's the guy that they bring on and they're holding up the the uh, the um, like flashcards, you know, um, 
and they're making fun of him like this guy is a sphincter, you know. <laughs> never <laughs> never stuff. saw it. Never saw Wayne's nah, World. No, I'm not a Wayne's so World fan. Not a fan of Wayne's World. Um, again, my kids would know him. His voice, he is the Flying Dutchman in SpongeBob, the uh the ghost of the Flying Dutchman that shows up every now and then. Um, oh, so the he, uh pirate guy? Yes, yes. All right, yeah. That's that's him. So, uh and then you know, one of both of our favorite actors, I think we've we've uh, sung our praises of John Candy many times on uh, separate podcasts, but John Candy, um, and something that we'll talk about later on, John Candy was not part of the original cast, but he was brought in when the directors, after they had screened the film, the original ending went so horribly that they had to come in and reshoot a new ending. Uh, and they brought in John Candy for that role. So, of course, he's hmm. at the end uh, of the movie. He is the uh, security guy at Wally World that <laughs> is taken hostage with uh, Clark Griswold's BB gun. Well, I can't wait. to. I don't I don't know the trivia, so I look forward to uh, when we get to that. It's good. It's good. Um, so you were talking about the vacation movies. Uh, this one's 1983. This is the first vacation movie. It was based on a... A short story that John Hughes had written previously, and they uh, made this movie in 83. In 85, you've got European Vacation. In 89, we have Christmas Vacation. In 1997, we get Vegas Vacation. Uh, in 2003, we get a real <laughs> curveball, which I own on DVD. I found this one time. Shocking. I didn't know this existed. I, I found it in a dollar bin. <laughs> Again, shocking. <laughs> Yes, I was digging through this DVD dollar bin. I think it was a Dollar Tree, and I was like, what is this? It's Christmas Vacation 2, Cousin Eddie's Island Adventure. It is actually um, Cousin Eddie, um, long story short, he goes on a, uh, he wins this thing, a lawsuit. He goes on a cruise. They get abandoned on this uh, island in the middle of the Pacific. Um, But what's weird about it? is that it is Randy Quaid and it is uh, the wife that's Catherine in this movie. Mm-hmm. She returns. So it's those two people. Uh, and then they got Anna Baron, who's Audrey in this movie. They got her to return. Oh, really? Audrey. Yeah. So uh, now, of course, there's no Chevy Chase or anybody like that. And I'm pretty sure this is, a, no, I'm not pretty sure. I'm positive. This was a direct video. <laughs> this was not a... Uh, um, you know, a theater release. Isn't isn't that kind of uh, the same thing that happened with um, a Christmas story too? Yes, which I also own on DVD. <laughs> it's just funny. You have, you have these terrible. two like iconic Christmas movies, right? And then they have these part twos, weird spinoffs, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but... and then it wraps up with um, Vacation, which was uh, originally going to be a remake, and then it kind of became a sequel because it is now Rusty as the adult, and uh, uh, what's her name? Um, Applegate uh, is his wife. Oh, okay. And they take their own kids, right? And they're trying to uh, basically recreate. They they go to Wally World. I have not seen. That yeah, one. neither have I. Yeah, I, I was going to watch it before this, but I thought, eh. You know, the original's still there. I'll watch that. Uh, and then when I was looking up these on IMDb, it says Griswolds, a new TV show on HBO Max, is coming out in 2022. Mm, no interest. Uh, How about you? <laughs> uh, you know what? I mean, I'm, I might watch an episode, but it's tough to go back, you know? So yeah. it'll be interesting uh, to see what they do with it. 
Uh, and then there are two other vacation movies that were never made, but they were both pitched by Chevy Chase. Uh, one was Australian Vacation, which was an idea that he pitched uh, and right after European Vacation. Like They were like, oh, well, now they're going to go to Australia. So it would have been kind of a continuation of that kind of mm -hmm. uh, uh, that humor. You know, I mean, of course, in uh, European Vacation, it's like, oh, it's funny because, uh, you know, they go to the, the German thing and they go. To, so it would have been the same. I'm sure there'd have been. I'm sure he would have boxed a kangaroo. Is my guess. Um, <laughs> and then there's uh, another one he pitched called Family Vacation, which was uh, supposed to be the family going on a cruise. And Chevy Chase said in an interview that uh, there was supposed to be a small fire on the cruise ship, and he misunderstands, and so uh, he and Ellen jump off the cruise ship and end up on a deserted island and. Just the fact that it says they're on a deserted island, it makes me wonder if they rolled some of those ideas up into that uh, Christmas Vacation 2. Maybe they reused that or something. But that was uh, Family Vacation, which was pitched and, and never picked up. Hmm. Uh, so any, you got any thoughts on uh, any of the vacation movies? Well, like maybe one that's your favorite or something before we dive into uh, vacation. Um, well, originally, you know, when we were talking about doing this, I had I had pitched the idea of maybe doing... Um, somewhat of the first three films, right? And um, and then we said, oh, kind of narrow it down. Maybe we'll do the two. And then we just narrowed it down to the first one. And I actually started watching European, and I just turned it off. <laughs> I was, and, and and that's another one I haven't seen since I was a young kid. I actually went, and I don't know, that had to be PG maybe, because I remember going mm. to the theaters with my father and my brother to see that. And there were scenes in that uh, I just remember as a kid laughing hysterically, and and my dad was laughing, but probably also like, hmm, you know, because when that came out, I was only eleven. But um, y you know what? I I have to be honest. I don't love any of them, but I can. I I think they're I think they're funny, and there's definitely scenes, but it's just like little mini skits in a in a movie, right? Um, but there's definitely, I did, I did like this one and I'm glad we went back to it. I can't believe I haven't watched it again since I was younger, probably HBO mm -hmm. days. Um, but I, I'd have to say between this and, and Christmas vacation. And I think, I don't, I always wonder again, Christmas vacation. I saw with my father and my brother as well. Um, it was after the divorce. So dad would take us to the movies a lot because what else are you going to do? <laughs> sure. Take them to the movies. I ain't going to do much for uh, two hours, but, um, I like them both. I don't love them, but I like them. Mm -hmm. I think they're funny. Uh, I I could go without probably watching this again for a while. You know, I, I watched it twice just be, for the show. And really, one of them I watched broken. And so I was like, I, I have enough time. Let me just watch it today again before we, before we record. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think there was parts in both of those that I could you know, leave. And then there's other parts that I, that, that stand out more. No, one of the things about a lot of these movies as I was reading through the list is, uh, a lot of them have one liners that I use to this day in my life. You know, um, anytime that we're lost driving around, or if we get caught in a roundabout for more than, you know, one lap, I'll say, Look, kids, Big Ben, Parliament, you know, which is mm -hmm. from European, European Vacation, yeah. where they just keep driving around in the circle. Um, you know, from National, the the first one, Vacation, 
when they go into uh, East St. Louis and and uh, Clark says, oh, you know, everything's fine. And then they hear the gunshot or whatever. And he goes, roll them up. Mm-hmm. I mean, I say that line in that voice every time we go into a, a bad neighborhood or we, I mean, uh, even like it, we'll be in a grocery store. We'll go in a grocery store at night or whatever. And we'll pull in and I'll look around. I'll go, roll them up. <laughs> so there's a lot of, um, I mean, these movies have a lot of fluff. Like there's a lot of setup. It'll be, you know, 10 minutes of setup and then you get the punchline and then it moves to the next thing. You know? Yeah. Uh, so, so there's kind of slow moving at parts, but those punchlines I think are, are, are what stick with me the most. You know, what's funny is as a kid, oh, we had a pool. So growing up and I remember standing there getting ready to jump in and doing the hand slap going, this is crazy. This is crazy. But, <laughs> but I don't think I really made the connection of what that, like I was doing it more cause the water was cold. You know, mm-hmm. but that, that's probably the only quote I've I've made I've taken from that movie. <laughs> that's funny. That's funny that it that it stuck with you. So, well, we'll get into the movie. Uh, the um, uh, beginning is uh, uh, the movie opens with the song "Holiday Road" by Lindsey Buckingham, and this is actually uh, I I have this on DVD and the commentary track, so I was listening to that, and there was an interesting trivia uh, fact that. When they were putting the movie together, John Hughes was a big fan of Fleetwood Mac. And so he had tried to contact Fleetwood Mac to see if they would record a song for vacation. But Fleetwood Mac was in the middle of breaking up and Lindsey Buckingham had just quit. And so somehow the message got to him and not the entire band. And so Lindsey Buckingham said, like, yep, I'll take I'd be it. glad to <laughs> he said, I'd be glad to do it. And so he did it by himself <laughs> and uh, uh, didn't share the profits or anything. Uh, but as the opening credits are rolling, we also get this montage of postcards that are going, uh, you know, a place to place all across the country. And so when you were uh, when you're watching that opening scene, was there anything that was uh, familiar to your area where you're from? Um, not necessarily my area. There are postcards in that, that I have been to. There's a postcard that it shows of the big giant, looks like a barracuda fish and they're all standing by there. I mean, it's gigantic, you know, like 50 mm-hmm. foot long or whatever. We've been there. Um, and you've been to Niagara several, Falls. Been to Niagara Falls. There you go. That's right. Right um, down about two miles from me. Yeah. And then, then there were several that I saw that, uh, uh, like the Brooklyn Bridge or the uh, Golden State Bridge, mm-hmm. a Golden Gate Bridge, excuse me. Um, I was like, yeah, never been on that. I mean, I've been to California a couple of times, but just never, never been there. So there were, but all of them, not all of them, but a lot of them are just iconic when you see it, you know. Um, but my question, so my first question to you is, uh, you know, as a kid or as an adult, when you've gone on road trips or something, uh, did you ever collect? postcards when you're on the road or you know sometimes they sell magnets or any kind of uh, thing like that or you know do you have anything from trips like that yeah so um i i was actually thinking about this again because you kind of mentioned it earlier matchbooks were a thing that i collected in general when i was a kid and a lot of times you know when you're on vacation you tend to go maybe out to eat a little bit more or whatever depending on what the vacation was uh, especially if your parents are st- still married <laughs> when, they're, when they're divorced until so you take a little bit of a cheaper, cheaper vacation. But, um, you, but it just popped in my head. And this is really dumb, but I would always take the little bars of soap. I, I can remember having little bars of soap uh, from like yeah. days in and, and red roof and Howard Johnson's uh, the little, little things of soap. And I would, and I would like put them in, 
first aid kits and this and that. I just, I don't know, man. Are you throwing in my drawers? I was just, I, and to this day, I'll still take them if they're That's there. That's funny. Yeah. Little bar, bottles of shampoo. By the way, uh, here's a story not everybody knows, but when I uh, went to visit Sean's house, right on the way there, I realized I didn't have any shampoo. And so I stopped at uh, either Big Lots or Dollar General, some cheap place to get shampoo. And the only shampoo they had was the gigantic family size bottle of head and shoulders shampoo, <laughs> which I took with me and then accidentally forgot and left in his bathroom. And so, you know, like a week later, I think I sent uh, Sean a message. It was like, Hey, by the way, if you find this giant bottle of head and shoulders shampoo, that was mine. Don't worry. We're using it. I mean, it's probably a lifetime supply. It is the season for flakes that don't melt. <laughs> yeah so so little soaps i would always take and like i said the match books I, and i wish i had i mean this isn't just vacation related but again i would restaurants wherever because you know when we grew up like your parents could smoke in a restaurant or wherever the hell they wanted right the mall, the mall or whatever mm-hmm. and um i had quite the collection in in a i had like a fishbowl full of of match really? and some were like the match books some were like extra wide matchbooks. Some were the actual little cardboards that could slide out, you know, like mini ones, almost like a blue uh, Ohio blue tip box, but a miniature one. Um, right. Yeah, man, I wish I still had those. I don't, I don't even know what the hell I did with them. My mom probably just threw them away. When I was a kid, we went to the Grand Canyon, and I remember thinking the whole time, like, what am I going to get for a souvenir? You know, and we would stop at, at this gas station i would be like mom i want a texaco cup or so she's like you're not getting a texaco cup for a souvenir that's we're not going to texaco we're going you know and so we kept waiting and waiting and then so when we got to the grand canyon uh in the gift shop of the grand canyon i got a red velcro wallet with the grand canyon and it was like picture of the grand canyon was silk it's not silk screened it was like glued felt oh yeah okay. so yeah within a month of putting that it was in gone in my pocket it's <laughs> all peeling off there just like random lines and people be like what the heck is that supposed to be i'm like it's grand canyon you know <laughs> but i do remember uh one time in class uh it was one of those things where they were like everybody has to bring two dollars you know to go on this field trip or something and my mom would give me the money in the morning and so we're sitting there in class, and then the teacher says, oh, by the way, uh, you have to get your $2 out. And I was and like... you did this? Oh. You did this? exactly <laughs> right. I was like... That's pretty and, sad. And I, have a Vel- I have a Velcro wallet now. <laughs> Is it because of running and stuff? Or, uh... No, I don't run with my wallet just because... Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I that was the last day I ever used it. I was so embarrassed that everybody in class looked at me when I had done that uh, that it it just uh, got retired. Um, <laughs> what we try to do now, we don't get the same. You know, I, I will say this: uh, what we started doing was collecting coffee mugs uh, when we started going on places, and we went on one of our cruises, and uh, the first time we went to Cozumel, and we went to the gift shop, and it was like cheap t-shirts this and that but there was a mug that said Cozumel and I was like you know we drink coffee every morning my wife and I both drink coffee and and we saw this coffee mug and I was like every time I look at that I'm gonna think about our trip to Cozumel and so that's what we've started doing so yeah. I have 
probably 50 mugs. Uh, in fact, uh, we were just talking about, I have one from uh, the Mighty Taco, which is a, uh, uh, a restaurant that's up near, uh, well, I, I don't know where all of them are, but there's at least one in uh, Buffalo, New York. And there's so there's one in Niagara Falls because I just went there last Ni- or today. <laughs> Niagara Falls. So when I went to go visit Sean, uh, I've got a a mug from the Mighty Taco. So yeah, we do we do the mug thing ourselves uh, now. Yeah. Actually, we're to the point now where we have to start getting rid of mugs that were just like plain mugs that we've had over the years. Like mm-hmm. like you know, I'll be like, oh, I want to get this mug, and we do a lot of like antique shopping and everything. And I just we both, my wife and I both love old mugs. Like I just picked up a set of mustard yellow mugs that are Buffalo China, and we looked them up, and they were used um, on trains. You know, back oh. yeah, back in like I think like the forties and fifties. So, um, so it's stuff like that. You know what I mean? But also, when we go somewhere, we we like to get mugs. But it seems like a lot of them now, like it's kind of like your wallet, where we bought this mug and uh, like after we washed it three times, you where 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 was this from? <laughs> like it just washed away. It's pretty sad. Got, so. uh, a few of those. I don't know specifically if they were from Zazzle or some other online place where you can have mugs print, but some of those, man, when you wash them in the dishwasher a couple of times, they fade away, and and uh, uh, so those are those are no good. Yeah. Uh, so the uh, movie opens up with uh, the Griswolds. They they got to do two things. Number one, they um, uh, the first thing they do is they are going to buy a new car for the trip. And Clark has told his family that they're trading in their old station wagon for a sports car. And he goes to the dealership. Eugene Levy is the, the uh, salesman. And uh, uh, the salesman pulls a fast one. Of course, they smash his old car. <laughs> They've already come back to yeah. the, the dealership. So he's kind of forced with this, uh, what has become known as the truckster. It is the wagon queen family truckster which is in reality it was a 1979 ford station wagon that they uh doctored up they put a lot of features on it like the wood paneling and stuff that weren't on the original car just to uh make it unique you know but um so i I wanted to ask you just because the funny part of this uh, movie i mean the funny part of this I, i guess the whole movie in general is that when i was a kid and watched it I really saw it through Rusty's eyes, you know, it's like a kid going with his father to do all these things. And now when I watch it as an adult, I kind of see it as uh, also the dad taking his son to do things. You know, I kind of relate with a different character. But I was curious if you had any memories of going to car dealerships or dealing with car dealerships, you know, as a kid, like going with your father. Um, it's somewhat. I, I, I my my parents um again when they got divorced my mother got the better car right so and my father would take us camping every year for a week at the place Allegheny State Park here and my dad was like I don't trust the car like he had this old like 76 Chevy uh Nova or something mm-hmm. and it was beat you know I mean um and my dad was like on the hunt for a car but he had to be able to afford it and and all that stuff and i remember you know saying dad are we gonna go and he's like (laughs) he's like i don't know buddy like i gotta i gotta find something so um but my dad was also like um reminds me of the old man in a christmas story like he like when they went for christmas trees like that's how my father was you know and i remember my father starting to haggle on this he bought a uh it was an i think it was a 1980 monte carlo 
and uh, ended up giving it to me years later. I had it forever Ooh. and hardly put any miles on it. But uh, it was used, and I remember we took it for a drive, and it was back. Like, now you buy a car. A lot of times, you either have to give me your license or they go with you, right? This was mm-hmm. like, like they're like, all right, take it for a ride. And my dad and I left, and we were gone for like an hour. Like, we went to my, my grandparents' <laughs> house, and he was showing my grandfather. It was like nothing, you know? But I remember we got back, and it was the haggle. And that's where I was just like kind of creeping down, like, oh, this is embarrassing. But it worked out. We went camping. Yeah, yeah. I am known for not liking conflict. My dad is the opposite. My dad loves it. And what better sparring match in the world is there than to go to the car dealership and take those guys on? And, I mean, my dad saw car salesman as the enemy and he enjoys torturing them he enjoys you know uh and my dad will not put up with their nonsense i remember one time uh my dad bought a he went looking for a ford thunderbird this was kind of when they changed the body style like in the early 90s um so it was kind of sleek looking the ford thunderbird and my dad went, and they had two models. They had the GT, which had the the V8, the big engine. And then they had, I think, an LX, which most of those had a small V6. But they had one on the lot that was an LX, but it had the big engine. So it had the plain interior and stuff, but it was, you know, had the big engine in it. And so he basically picked that car, and they gave it to him at the price of the cheaper cars. And they had already signed the paperwork and stuff, and then they sent it back. And then they came back out, and they are like, whoa, 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 we can't honor this. We gave you the wrong price. My dad's like, you already signed it. It's already it's done deal, you know? And uh, they were like, oh, I'll have to call the manager. My dad's like, well, we'll have to call the police. You know? <laughs> you know, I'm not, you know, you've lied to me. You signed this thing. And, I mean, they, the guy was, like, almost in tears. And uh, I remember a manager came in, and he said, uh, at least give us $500 for the tent. We had just tented it and at least give us $500 for the tent. And my dad worked at a printing press where they always had in his pocket my whole life. He always had a Sharpie usually within arm's reach. He had masking tape and he always had razor blades uh, because they would cut the paper mm-hmm. and do things. And he reached into his pocket and he pulled out this razor blade and he said, where's the car? And they said, why? And he said, I'm going to go scrape off that tent. And the <laughs> And the guy was so mad and they finally gave it to him. But my dad was pleased as punch that he had won, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we went and looked one time at a, a truck. There was a dealership here that said Chevy trucks under 11,000. And so it was like 10, 9, 9, 9, 95 or whatever, right? Yeah. I mean, it was right under 11,000. And we went in and we did all this stuff. And as we we're getting ready to leave, my dad said, uh, uh, well, then the guy said, oh, by the way, did you want the rear bumper? And we were like, what? And then we looked and none of the trucks had rear bumpers because I guess there were different. You could get, uh, you know, like a chrome bumper or you could get a regular bumper. And they were like, well, the bumper's not included. And we had been there for, you know, a couple of hours. And my dad's like, all right, I'm gone. And uh, I mean, he got him basically to put the bumper on after he haggled with him and stuff. But he, you know, he just, when I go to buy a car, and the tag, like it's, it'll say 20,000. I talk to the salesman, he'll go, 
Oh, it's really 30,000 a day. I go, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just take it. You know, I'm terrible at it. But Yeah, I've I've actually gotten more. I've gotten way better with the, the past couple of vehicles where I'm just like, actually with a lot of stuff where I'm just like, no, that's not, it's not, that's not happening. They've got to be willing to walk. <laughs> that's the thing. Is yeah. When you're young, you're, you're like, oh, this is the only black truck in the world. But, you know, you get older and you're like, eh. Right on the street's probably got one too. I'm, yeah. willing, I'm willing to go do something. So in other words, you're basically your father was no Clark Griswold. He didn't. I mean, I mean, in, in, in Clark's defense, right? His car is demolished. He said he tried. Right. He tried walking away, but he couldn't drive away. So he kind of <laughs> had to take the door. Yeah, so he, he kind of had to take the car. But I'm assuming your father probably would have called the police, so there would have been something a little bit different than than I'm the outlook sure on that. My dad would have punched him out. Yeah. So then we wouldn't have. We would have gone from a comedy to an action movie so <laughs> so they, they they buy the truckster they get home and uh now they plan out their trip to wally world uh right off the bat i noticed and i'd forgotten about this but he's using an apple II computer they've got an apple II computer sitting there their kids are playing games they've got joysticks that don't go with the apple computer but i you know i'm not picking at any of that it, it's all fun um but you know, he's using the computer to plot out this this path, which I thought at the time was ridiculous. You know, we were like, oh, a computer can never do that. But now, of course, with the GPS, um, I am not kidding. There have been times, like when we went to Florida and we went and got in the car and I never looked at a map. We didn't plan the trip out. We just said, oh, when we get in the car, say, hey, Siri, take me to Florida. And it goes, okay. And it tells us how to get there. Like, we don't. Getting directions to Tallahassee. <laughs> I just turned on Nice job. <laughs> That's funny. And now it's giving me directions to Florida. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, that, that was a fail. Um, but uh, uh, I, sorry, I got to go. Siri just told me where to go, <laughs> go to Florida. Uh, but uh, I remember as a kid, well, not as a kid, as a young man, as a young adult, I went on a couple of road trips. I went on a road trip again to the Grand Canyon, this time with uh, uh, Susan before we were married. And uh, actually, I asked my dad, I was like, how do you how do you get to the Grand Canyon? I live off of I-40, you know. He said, oh, get on the interstate. I mean, the interstate exit was, or the on-ramp was, you know, half a mile from my house. He said, get on the interstate, go west. You'll, you'll hit Grand Canyon. You can't miss it. Um, and the uh, same thing about going to Chicago, which... We'll talk about in a minute because you go through St. Louis, but just being so scared that you're going to end up in the wrong state or the, you know, the wrong place or anything like that. And having those stupid maps, trying to fold them back up. And um, anyway, I was just curious if you ever, you know, had any memories of going on road trips, uh, you know, before the pre GPS. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, we used to, we, my mother would do, cause she had triple A. So we'd use the triptych, which he, he says, Oh, I got the triptych on the computer or something. And they would call it the triptych. Uh-huh. And it was I'm like, I'm not familiar with that. What is that? Yeah. So you, I mean, triple A, that's what we use. You'd call and you'd say, okay, I'm a member, yada, yada, yada. And I'm going to Walt Disney world. And they would give you this little skinny flip map. Right. And I think they opened up, each page would open up too as well to get a little bit bigger to kind of zoom in on that area. But it would okay. give you a, a map, a flipping map of the, your route, and they would highlight it and everything. And, and then you could have them set you up with hotels and all that information and stuff. But, uh, yeah, that, that's how we would do it. And so when my wife and I got married, again, this is before cell phones, and uh, uh, there might have been 
I don't even know if there was GPSs really. Um, but we, I would do the same thing. I would get, I would go and I would call and get AAA. I would call and say, give me a trip tick or whatever. Or I had, I just loved collecting like Rand McNally maps, old mm, ones, yeah. you know, every year I'd get the new one. But if I was at a, you know, uh, uh, an estate sale or something, and I remember buying ones that were old and I would just, I just loved to look at them and see the changes. So I would like to try to map things out. But I, I, and I, and I, this is where, because of that, with the fact that I liked maps and I like trying to map stuff out on my own, but I would always have the trip tick because I knew it was going to be right. Um, but I, I felt bad for, for, uh, Clark, you know, because he's excited. Look, this is how we're getting there. This is how we're going to do it. We're going to go this way before, you know, it starts trying to eat his thing. But the point that his family could not even give a crap about it they're i mean they're not even jazzed about doing it in the first place right let alone sitting down at the the computer and tv with dad to see how he's mapped everything out so i kind of i felt a little bad for him at that you know i i I can relate to that because my wife never gave a crap yeah okay let's just get there you know yeah yeah for me uh yeah the fun is uh you know the trip itself all the stuff you're gonna see along the way and and he had uh you know, lined all the stuff. And then, of course, uh, you got Rusty eating the dots behind the truckster yeah. like on the computer doing all that silly stuff. But, yeah, it, it did feel like, you know, he was the one that was uh, uh, really pushing, you know, the trip. Yeah. Uh, in the beginning, you know. You, you know what's funny, so, too, is mm. I, I, I always mean to buy a new map and put it in the car. Like the travel car is what I mean. You know, I have two cars and one's just to get to work. or this, But the travel car, right? The vacation car. Because... We just rely on our phones, mm-hmm. and you know it's like if something happens, I'm sure you could find your way somewhat. But I'm like, we should probably just have a map in the car, right? Or maybe you know, that's my that maybe that's my roundabout way to try to start buying maps again. <laughs> I went on a, a road trip to uh, Washington D.C. one time, and this was before the GPS, and basically, the the route was I was going to drive east you know, for a day, longer than a day. And then towards the that the end of that part, imagine like a, a right triangle, right? So you could keep driving straight uh, and then go straight north, or you could save a lot of time and take the diagonal and go, you know, and, and cut that part off. And I was driving and driving, and uh, I don't remember if it was uh, North Carolina or South Carolina, but I hit a state... I mean, I was just driving and kind of zoned out. And I remember seeing that sign and something went off in my head because I had looked at the route before and I thought to myself, I'm not supposed to be in this state. Like, I'm in the wrong state. Mm-hmm. And I found a road stop and I had looked. And so that turn that I could have taken on the right-hand side, you know, of the, of the triangle or the 45-degree part, I had missed that by multiple hours. I mean, I was like two hours past that point, and I was only like an hour away from, you know, keep keep going and then turn north or whatever. So I ended up adding like four or five hours onto this trip. Uh, I mean, you know, it wasn't the end of the world. So you had to pay. It a, so you had to pull over and pay somebody five dollars for directions. <laughs> yeah, they took or time. They kept the chain. No, <laughs> yeah, I was just. I remember standing at our road you know, one of those roadside things and they have the big map mounted to the wall and just staring at it. And a little thing that said, you are here and just trying to figure out, and I was like, Oh no, like I was supposed to turn in Tennessee somewhere. I was so far off from 
where I was supposed to go. But, uh, uh, you know, if I had had, let me whisper it, S-I-R-I on my phone, <laughs> it wouldn't have let me do that. <laughs> um, so the Griswold, they get ready for their trip. They do their planning. They head out. And this was just an observation, but the top of the truckster is loaded down with suitcases and uh, all kinds of stuff that they have up there. And I just want to ask, like, does your family now or when you were younger going on these road trips, did, were, did you put stuff on the roof of your car? Not when, I was, not when I was a kid, we didn't. But now I do. But now, yeah. but, but, but the thing is, too, like, they're all bungeed down. They're not even strapped. They're bungeed, which is probably why they fly off the roof five times in the in the movie, <laughs> right? But or when pulling out of the garage, that that scene was that was funny. How, oh how they, yeah, yeah. How they, they backed up, too high. yeah, because yeah. you know you could see someone doing that and not just not paying attention, getting it all loaded in the garage, <laughs> and then backing up and doing it. But yeah, I, I use like I have a, I don't have one of the hard shell ones. I just, just mainly because I don't have a place to like easily store something like that. So I'm on my second since we've been married. Now it's like 25 years. So it's I'm on my second roof bag because they're, they're like yeah. water repellent. So I I do that. And even even that with water repellent, I've learned to put them in garbage bags like my bags. Because when it, when you're driving, you know, 70 miles per hour in rain, it tends to get through that water repellent sometimes. Oh yeah. Uh, when I was a kid, I told you we went on this trip to the Grand Canyon. Um, we bought. Uh, this isn't really important to the story, but we, we bought a, a Toyota Tercel station wagon, a 1984 Toyota Tercel station wagon, and it was light blue. And my mom bought it because we were going on this trip. It was uh, she and, and my grandma and, and my sister and I were going on this trip. And there was something wrong with the transmission. And we took it back and they said, well, we'll give you a loaner car. And my mom's like, I bought this car because we're going on a trip. And they were like, you know, well, it's a loaner car. Just take the loaner. And so, you know, I always think like if I get a loaner uh, and I've got a loaner a few times, maybe from a car dealership or something like I'm not going to go cruising around town. It's like I got to go to work or I got to, you know, do that. I don't want to take a chance of damaging it. But we literally got a, a, a loaner car from the dealership and went to the Grand Canyon. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, like when we returned it, I'm sure that thousands of miles, they were like, what did you do? You know, but uh, my mom had bought this, like a giant. Those remember those plastic giant clamshell yeah. things that uh, you know look like a, an upside down swimming pool. Yeah, <laughs> you know, um, she had bought one of those, and so we had all of our stuff in there, strapped in on the roof. And the one that I think the one that we bought didn't have a roof rack, but the loaner one did. And so she bought this thing, and we used it. And then whenever we got our car, she sold it. I mean, we only had it for that that one trip. That's that's the only time we ever used something like that. Uh, so they uh, they start off on their road trip, and uh, one of the funny scenes that comes up right off the beginning is Clark and his wife, and they start singing these songs. And so uh, it just reminded me of when I was a kid, the music or the singing and the stuff that we used to do on road trips. Uh, we had an album called Goofy Gold, that was um, all kinds of like comedy songs. Like it had Monster Mash. Uh, it had Alley Oop, the, the caveman song. It had, um, you know, just all these goofy songs on there. And we had, we had it on vinyl, but my mom 
taped it off to a cassette. And so that was like required listening, like every road trip. I don't ever remember listening to that album at home. It was like only, you know, the road trip album. Uh, and then, um, and my dad, of course, if he was on the trip, we always had to have uh, some Beatles, like mm -hmm. Abbey Road or um, Sergeant Pepper. Like those albums always got played on a road trip. Uh, I, I was thinking like before the phone era, um, I used to, I had this, one of those CD, you know, vinyl booklets mm -hmm. that held like 200 CDs or something. And I remember before Susan and I would go on a road trip and I would be like playing DJ in my room. I would be like, all right, going to get a little nine inch nails, going to get some Nirvana, going to mix it up. Here's the best of the Christmas songs, you know, <laughs> just whatever. And trying to lay it all out in this thing. And you would literally take this big giant yep. thing with 200 CDs in it. And, and uh, of course it, you wouldn't jump around. You want to listen to, a whole album, you know, so if it was an album that just had, you know, one or two songs that you liked, you didn't want to take that because it's not not good value for the space, you know, but uh, I just remember that being a big part, the music being a big part of road trips, and now, it's like everything else, you get in and you go, you know, uh, you just put on your playlist on Spotify, or you just put on music on shuffle and then off you go. It's not really part of the planning of the trip anymore. Yeah. I, I couldn't really relate to this part. I mean, the kids didn't enjoy their parents singing either. Right. But it wasn't really big for us. I think, um, growing up, like we always, we may have had a cassette player in a car at some point, but never used it. It was always just basically tuning the radio and whatever you could get, You'd get in, you know, and, and sometimes we would lose it going to Carolina. Like you get into West Virginia and some of those mountainous areas. It's like you just pick up nothing. And um, so oh. it, it really wasn't uh, a big thing. And, and then, again, like my wife and I, as we started traveling uh, before kids, it was audiobooks. That's how we got into audiobooks. We just, oh, yeah, we like, okay. you know, we would listen yeah. to some because at that point we had a CD player in the car, but uh, we would also just kind of like, get them like from the library at that time. Them, yeah, no, at that time, uh, you, you know, you're talking like 98 or so, like we were going to the library and we would just get, mm -hmm. get um, audiobooks. And the, I remember the first audiobook that we listened to, um, it was uh, uh, John Krakauer. Uh, into the wild, which they end up turning into a movie years later. Um, and it was, I was like, I mean, it's a great, it's a great tragic story. It's a, you know, it's a true story, but the book was just, I was like, cause I was never a big reader because I'm in the type, like I'll start reading and I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm really enjoying this. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I just, I just, it puts me to sleep. And so then when I was like, wait a minute, they're going to read this book to me. But uh, I was really spoiled back because I remember, I remember sometimes we would get audiobooks and like the narrator would just be horrendous, right? Or some of them oh, were just yeah. recorded really poorly. But we started listening to like James Patterson, like all sorts of different audiobooks. So, and now it's, it's a lot of uh, just podcasts, right? Yeah. You know, the kids, right. are, oh, the kids yeah. have their headphones on and they're, you know, because we have all the unlimited data now. I have to because they, overrun it and mm -hmm. they do their thing and we generally just listen to podcasts which are our podcast taste um we have similarities but we have real big differences she's like you she's really into like the true crime or stuff like that and i'm like oh, i don't want to listen to this you know and there's 
been times where I put my earbuds in or something and I go, I'm going to listen to you. Oh, you don't know Flack. All right, we'll listen to this. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you reminded me of two things when you were talking. One was when you were talking about listening to the radio. And I remember it was always like some mythical line. It was like a checkpoint on the trip. The minute that you couldn't get your local radio stations anymore. Yes. You know, you're driving and all of a sudden it starts like, <laughs> like breaking up and then it starts turning into another radio station. And yeah. you're just like, wherever that line was you're like we're we're away from home yeah but in vice versa it was exciting when you got it back on the way home from a trip yes you know the way to the way out somewhere is always exciting and you don't mind it and on the way home it's like i just want to get home and then yeah you would hear your local radio station coming in whether it's an hour and a half away or something depending on the 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 terrain and stuff like that that could be exciting as well Mm mm-hmm the other thing uh, you reminded me about when you were talking about the Walkman was I went on a mini, uh, a short trip with my buddy Jeff. His sister played softball and would play out of town sometimes. And so uh, they were going to a tournament to this place that was, you know, two, two and a half hours away. And so Jeff and I, uh, I went with his family and the they had a van where the back seat folded down into a bed. And so we were like laying on the bed and he had just got this new tape. Uh, it was like a compilation of, of heavy metal songs. And we were so excited to get it. And he popped his... Uh, the only person I really remember doing this, but he popped one of the speakers, uh, headphone speakers, off of the Walkman headphones and gave it to me. And of course, these are like the ones with the big orange puppy yeah, you know, yeah. thing. And we laid with our heads so uncomfortably close to each other, like two young teenage boys totally just be like, okay, don't touch me. I won't touch you. And laying there with this cord that was probably six inches apart or whatever, <laughs> and each holding it onto our ear for two hours <laughs> and listening to this cassette, the front side, the back side of... But uh, yeah, that was way before you could just put in your uh, your own AirPods or whatever and uh, <laughs> and have your own music. That's funny. So they uh, they they take their trip. They go, and then at some point, uh, he takes the wrong exit in St. Louis. Uh, it's funny because when they're showing the aerial view of that, uh, I've been there. I've been there so many times because when we go to Chicago, which for a long time in my life, we went to Chicago once a year to go visit my family. Uh, basically my dad was, you know, I, I remember one time when I went with my wife for the first time, I said, how do you go to Chicago? He says, drive, you know, until you see the, the, uh, arch in St. Louis and then turn North and then, uh, uh, turn right whenever you get to Joliet and then you run into your grandma's house. I mean, it, there weren't that many turns, you know, but that was the first landmark of the trip like you you drove seven hours and then you hit the st louis arch i did want to ask have you ever been to the st louis arch no i haven't we we went as a family uh when the kids were younger on our way to chicago we made a point of stopping there and it was after 9 11 and the security was like at the highest point of security yeah uh we had been doing something else and I had a pocket knife in my front pocket. And all of a sudden when we went there, I was like, Oh, they're, they're not going to let me in, you know? And so uh, my wife took the kids and they went up in the arch and rode up all the way up in there. And I stood outside the whole time. I didn't even go in cause we were too far from the car to go all the way back. And, uh, um, but we did that, but I have been in East St. Louis, which is where the very funny scene 
I'm sure everybody remembers at vacation, they take the wrong turn. They end up in a really bad neighborhood. Uh, these uh, shady characters surround their car. They're stealing their hubcaps. They uh, uh, say they won't give them directions without, uh, like Sean said, for five bucks. And then <laughs> he gives them a tip. He goes, I should keep, keep the change, I guess. <laughs> yeah, um, that's a funny scene. Yeah, my dad gave me a piece of advice one time when we were in Chicago driving around. Uh, because there's a lot of bad parts of Chicago. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of them are the areas where he grew up, which weren't as bad when he was a kid, but are bad now. So he'll say, hey, let me show you, you know, uh, where I grew up. And then you go there and I'm like, geez, I don't want to go. <laughs> you know, it's, this is rough. Um, but he told me one time, he said, never drive into a neighborhood you're not willing to walk out of. And I always thought that was good advice. Like if your car breaks down or something and you're going to be stuck there, like don't go to a place where you're not willing to be outside your car, you know? And uh, I have, like I said, I've been to East St. Louis. We went uh, on a trip when my kids were really young. We came up with this great plan uh, that, you know, that, that if we drove at night to Chicago, Chicago's 12 hours for me. If we'd left at like 6 PM, then we could go overnight and the kids would sleep most of the trip. Right. And so we did that and it was time for gas and we had got off St. Louis somewhere and we ended up in East St. Louis. I remember the gas station that we went to, you had to walk up to the front and it was like prison bars and you, and it had a little tray and you a had to drawer. give the guy the money. Right. And he slid it in and he was like, okay. You know, and then he would turn on the pump or whatever. There was no pay at the pump. You had to, I just remember being terrified. And then of course, having seen vacation that was running through my mind that that's where we were, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I've never been anywhere near that area. I'd like to someday, you know, it's Chicago is one of those cities that I feel like I, I should go to, but um, I don't know. You I guess up in any bad areas on a trip. Um, I don't, I, I don't really think so. Just, I mean, Nicole and I were driving and we went through, I, I think it was Memphis um, on our way to Houston, Texas, when she was a flight attendant and she, we were basically kind of moving her down or she was something like that. And, and, uh, that, that seemed a little, it was a roll them up kind of situation. <laughs> roll them up. <laughs> don't answer. Don't answer the lady on the corner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Memphis is a, an area where, I mean, there's, there's a lot of, uh, fun areas. There's a lot, there's a lot of great places to go see great places to go eat. Uh, and you can get in trouble by going just a couple of blocks off the main street. Uh, unfortunately. Well, and, yeah. and they see you coming. You know what I mean? They know who's not a local. They know uh, you're walking around looking at your phone now or, or staring at stuff. Uh, so, yeah, you, you could get in trouble there. Yeah. So they, uh, they do survive their trip through East St. Louis. They head out and they find a uh, hotel. And uh, they end up getting two hotel rooms with uh, uh, Clark and Ellen in one room and the kids in the other room. And there's this whole, you know, of course, you know, you get in bed with the wife and uh, you start getting a little frisky and all of a sudden here come the kids, you know, mm -hmm. uh, which I think every married couple has been there, especially with uh, kids. But uh, when I was a kid, we went on a, a trip to the world's fair, which was in Knoxville, Tennessee. So, uh, it was probably 10 hours east from me. And literally 
at my house, you got on I-40 and you got off on I-40 in Knoxville, Tennessee, just a straight line. So we went through Memphis, uh, but not quite to Nashville. And it was right there. And I remember we got this hotel room and it had uh, double beds. And so there was a bed that my parents stayed in and then a bed that my sister and I slept in. And I remember that the bed that we slept in was a vibrating bed and that you could put, like it had like um the the change thing like you would see on a pool table mm-hmm. like you could put two quarters in push it in and push the thing in and the bed would vibrate for 3 or 5 minutes or whatever i don't remember how long it was and i remember just thinking that was the neatest thing i was like when i when i'm older i'm going to get a vibrating bed in my house i mean i was 10 years old and now looking back i think where the hell were my parents staying? What kind of hotel was this that had a vibrating bed that you could pay for with quarters? You know what, though? The thing with those are, right? Like, so the vibrating bed, it's obviously, like, in this movie and in any other movies that you probably see, it, 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 it's made to have this, like, sexual uh, innuendos to, to mm-hmm. that. But, but really, that's not adding anything. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, it really is just, like... It's someone was like, yeah, the traveling man likes to relax and get a massage so he can do it all in one spot and put a quarters in there, you know, but then in the movies, they're like, oh, yeah, this is going to be, yeah, this can be hot. But you think about it, it's like, yeah, would it really be? You know what I mean? It's just right. like a waterbed, like waterbeds <laughs> sound great. Right. But, well, then eh. I'm thinking like every three minutes, you're going to stop and put more change in the bed, <laughs> whatever. Well, I mean, some of us might put change in once, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so do you, do you have any are you bra- is that a humble brag for you, Rob? That you have to keep, keep putting quarters. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. When I check in, I go get a roll of quarters. <laughs> you know? The bad part is I stay by myself. So. <laughs> oh uh, shit! Ooh. You got any I don't, memories? I'm of, not supposed uh, to swear in throwback reviews. That's all right. Um, not not really. Other than when I was a kid, man, I was like mesmerized by the ice machine <laughs> and the little plastic buckets that they give you to fill ice. But come on, we need an ice. No, well, I'll go get some ice. But yeah. The ice machine yeah. and the fact it's that they like had a the grown up thing to do, right? Yeah. just, I don't know. It was just fun. And then like the, like the vending machines, like if depending on like, uh, like the hotel or whatever motel, like it was outside. Mm-hmm. I don't it just always seemed kind of cool as a kid, but um, even now, I mean, I, I stock up if I'm going to stay overnight somewhere, I'm stocking up. I don't want to be caught, you know, I'm being thirsty or something. A story here. I've never told this story on any podcast. We went on a road trip one time with my kids, and we had this big giant ice chest. And right before we left, I stopped by this hotel that's pretty close to my house. It's right by the interstate. Oh, you and dirty we dog! In, I went and I filled it up full of ice. I just walked through there and, uh, you know, just acted like I belong. I filled it all up with ice and and. I was like, it makes more ice. It doesn't cost them anything. Yeah, but you, you know? probably cleaned out the ice, the the whole thing of ice. And so oh, I had enough to like put a whole deer on, you know. That's what I'm saying. And and then this poor schlup who stayed there with his family in one room, and they got right. another all day trip ahead of him, wanted a little bit of ice in their in their little cooler. Ten year old Sean, and all of a sudden, sitting down there, yeah, two pieces of ice drop out, and, and then it just goes, and nothing's falling out. Mama, why there no? No, this was like the big bin one. You know what I mean? Like a whole big wide door that you opened up. Yeah, it's still wrong. 
It's still wrong. Like, There's no way. Five hundred scoops. Yeah, it's still wrong. It's been. right. It's they still wrong. They're baby Sean down there. Mama, why there no eyes? Yeah. <laughs> like that man stole it all. <laughs> so they uh, they leave there, and then their first big stop uh, on the trip is uh, Dodge City, Kansas. I have never been to. Dodge City, Kansas, but this is a funny scene. You know, they get cowboy hats. They it's all kind of a themed hotel that they stay at and restaurant. There's the a scene where, um, I don't like in real life, I don't know how this would really play out. Where Clark Griswold is giving the bartender a hard time, uh, and then he pulls out the shotgun loaded with blanks. And just, like, I don't think that flies today. I don't think you could do that. But, yeah, pro- probably um, not. Yeah, it's a it's a funny scene, but um, uh, what it reminds me of is is two places that I went to. One I went to a lot as a kid, which was Frontier City, which was our uh, theme park here in Oklahoma City. Uh, Frontier City eventually got bought by Six Flags, but for a long time it was just an independent uh, a theme park. But it was old Western theme, so there was the Main Street, uh, you know, that was there. There were guys they would have a a fake uh, gunfight every hour on the hour on main street. And there were cowboys roaming around and stuff. So uh, watching this scene reminded me a lot of frontier city, but also on that same trip that I was talking about when I went to grand Canyon, we went to a place called old Tucson, which is right outside of Tucson. And it was, uh, my dad described it as a theme park without the rides. It was just, um, old buildings, Western buildings, and you could walk around and, and look at stuff, but there, there weren't any rides or anything to do. And, uh, old Tucson's claim to fame was it was an old Western movie lot. And so there were tons of old movies like a gunfight at the okay corral and all the old John Wayne movies, the Rio Bravo and El Dorado, um, outlaw Josie Wells that were all filmed at this place. Uh, and then, uh, three amigos was filmed there. Uh, and then there were a lot of like TV shows like Gunsmoke and Bonanza were all done there. And then all those type of TV shows where they need to do reenactments mm-hmm. like America's most wanted and, uh, Ripley's believe it or not. And unsolved mysteries, they all filmed there. So there were all these signs showing like, you know, this building was used in this and this and that there's a well right in the middle of main street. And it says this well has been in, you know, 72 movies, and it has this big list of things. Uh, but my biggest memory of that is that they had just finished filming Cannonball Run 2. <laughs> and uh, they filmed parts of Cannonball Run 1 and 2 there. Um, also, Revenge of the Nerds, when they were out in the, the Old West part, that was there. But um, they had this office that was set up, and it was supposed to be this guy's office. And it's in Cannonball Run 2, I know the scene. And behind him, it's at night, and there's like twinkling stars, and there's light curtains behind him over the window. And they showed us that when you pull the curtains, it was just like a black piece of wood with sparkling Christmas lights that were all <laughs> mounted to it, you know. So it gave that illusion of being that. But, um, but yeah, I just, uh, I don't know. Like, I, I mean, I, I don't think we're the age. Like, we're kind of the Star Wars age. We're the space age, right? Like all of our stuff as kids, a lot of us like. Like when you said, what do you want to be when you grow up? It, it wasn't a cowboy. It was an astronaut, you know, but uh, but it just kind of made me think about some of those cowboy kind of things. I don't know if you ever went to any of those kind of cowboy or mm, kind of places. Like no, that. not not really. It just like our local 
one of the, the local theme parks had like a little western town you walk through and it, like twice a day they'd have the gun show and you, everyone would go there and right. wait for 35 minutes 40 minutes and then they'd come on and then that would be it type of thing but i gotta correct you not only did i, I wanted to, i wanted to be in star wars but i kind of wanted to be a cowboy when i was a kid did you yeah yeah i did i grew out of that I, now i'm like no i want to be around a horse yeah. they stink <laughs> my parents are my mom has horses and stuff and yeah, oh not, yeah not, not for me not for me at all i want nothing to do with them i have a picture of me riding a horse and i'm three years old and i like to show it to people and say that's the last time i was on one and i got my fill of it right then yeah uh, so the Griswolds, they leave there and uh, they end up going to visit Cousin Eddie. And so Cousin Eddie is a big part uh, of the vacation, just of this movie. You know, it's kind of this middle part of the movie, but uh, Cousin Eddie and his wife and his kids and his kids kind of change in the same way as the Griswold kids yeah. uh, change actors over the years. Um, but uh I don't know if they're in, I'm trying to think now real quick. I don't think they're in European vacation, but I think they're in most of the other ones. Of course, they're in Christmas. Uh, they're yeah, in I Vegas was, vacation. I, I was going to ask you that because I, I, I couldn't remember. So, because uh, yeah, I didn't watch European uh, again, but this is definitely, this is probably my favorite scene in the movie. It's a funny scene. Of course, they're like the, um, the backwards uh, kind of redneck, you know, family or whatever. Um, it's we it's have, my uh, it's my favorite scene because it's so wrong in so many ways. Like there's so many parts that are wrong, but I'm just dying <laughs> laughing. We you know we were talking about lines that we use uh, when the daughter uh, Eddie's daughter is stirring the Kool Aid with her hand, and and he yeah. says, "Can I help you with that, please?" <laughs> I, I I do that all the time. <laughs> you know, I'll see my kids. Uh, as know, long as you, uh, yeah, I was gonna say, as long as you don't, don't say that daddy says you're the best. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I think that line gets cut out on the cable version, and the oh, other thing that gets God. cut out is a, uh, of course, uh, his son, and uh, Rusty is is saying, you know, you got Pac-Man? Nope, you know, and then he finally says, I got. Uh, stack of playboys this high you know or nudie mags this high you know and and so he uh um shares the nudie mags with rusty there's a funny thing and uh, i don't know that i've ever read this in a trivia thing or anywhere but i i noticed it and i noticed it again when rusty is laying on top of the, the top bunk if you look behind him there's one of those tabletop pac-man games yeah yeah in the car you see it yes um, uh, so I, yeah, I think that's, that's how, how it works out because he says, do you have Pac-Man? And he goes, nope, you know, but then you see him in the bedroom and he does have Pac-Man. Well, you know, but, I'm but th I think that was Rusty's. Yeah. Cause you would take those little tiny little games that we'd have and you'd, you'd take them in with you. Wouldn't leave it in the car. But your six C cell batteries or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> whatever yeah. it would take. Uh, yeah. That would last for an hour or something. Um, I uh, remember when I was a, a young child, we went on a road trip and it was for a family reunion and it was my mom's side of the family, which is the side of the family I was not uh, familiar with. I hadn't met. And it was way out in the middle of the sticks in Oklahoma. And uh, I mean, I have all these these memories and stories like 
we stayed at one of it was like her, you know it was like my mom's family is like oh that's my cousin and then you go well it's my second cousin's uncle or something. i mean they, they, like everybody to them is related somehow you know what i mean that's my <laughs> step uncle's cousin's sister so i'm like I, I don't know who these people are but i remember we stayed at someone's house and their the room we slept in had taxidermied heads like all the way around mm. like deer and and you know wild boars and all this and i just remember laying there asleep at night like like trying to go to sleep and staring at all these weird heads that were hanging on the wall. And, and, uh, we went on a, this hike, me and, uh, I guess it was a cousin. I don't know. Somebody I never saw again in my life. And, uh, we went to the stream and there was a dead deer. And then we came up and we were completely lost. We couldn't find the house. And I was trying to tell it, like we talked to these people and they're like, well, where do you live? I'm like, not here. Like I, I live like hours away from here, you know, trying to, to, give them enough information for them to know where to, who to call, to you know, you like back. I knew my phone number in, in Oklahoma city. I didn't know a phone number there, you know? And so it was just this whole weird thing. So I, I was just wondering if, if you had, um, Oh, you know, one other thing I, I did want to mention is I, I had a, uh, an uncle who got married uh, multiple times and each time he married a woman who had children. So I remember going to Chicago and them being like, hey, here's your, your cousins. And it was these two boys. And we we're like, okay, we played. We got along and all this and came home. And then like two years later, he got remarried. And I was like, well, where's my cousins? They're like, nope. Like, I literally have never seen or heard from those two kids ever again. <laughs> like, I don't even know what ever happened to them. And then he was married. And then there was another kid. I was like, oh, now this is my cousin. And so it was, it was like, it's like a vacation movie that the kids change all the time. <laughs> It was i was like oh he goes no i'm the same kid i'm just just a different actor playing your cousin yeah <laughs> so uh uh you have any memories of like just going on road trips or meeting weird family yeah anything like that yeah back in uh, 1986 um this was the summer after my parents got divorced and my or two years after my parents got divorced and my mom had uh Decided, you know what, we need to just get away for a little bit. And so we we took a road trip down to Disney World. And on the way down, uh, we stopped at my, uh, I'm sorry, on the way back, we stopped at my grandfather's, my mom's father's house. And that was the first time I ever remember meeting him. And uh, also the Ooh, wicked. How old were you at the time? Uh, I was 12. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was 12. Uh, actually, I was just under 12. I wasn't 12 yet. But um, so I met him and then I met this uh, wicked step grandmother. I mean, I had heard horror stories about her. There's a reason why I just met him at the age of 12. Like there, you know, there was some family riffing going on and stuff like that. But it was my mom's father and he was old. Like he was a lot older than my grandmother at the time, my real grandmother. So um, and he ended up passing like like 10 years later. So I, I, and that was, I think I saw him one more time after that, but it was, it was, uh, it was an interesting trip. It was interesting. He had a lot of stories. He was an interesting guy, but she was scary. She was every bit scary as my mom made her out to be. And she was like super trying to be super sweet to us kids. And my mom was just like, that is an act. <laughs> but don't trust it. yeah like it was like i remember we went there and it's like we had dinner the first night and i don't even remember what we ate but what i do remember was the cherry kool-aid that we had but it was the kool-aid that you get in the little packet and you had to add the you know four cups of sugar 
and I think she oh, might I think yeah. she might have put one cup of sugar in there. So but i didn't want to like say anything and it, oh, it was just uh and then she could snap on you right yeah you know uh, make me eat a spoonful of vicks vapor rub or some shit like she did my mom geez. <laughs> i remember that when my uh, mom when i was a kid and i would be sick and i didn't want to take cough medicine my mom would be like do you want to take vicks like i had to take i had to eat vicks off of a spoon and i'd be like what she's like yeah <laughs> yeah so i was a kid Anytime I had uh, coughs as a kid, uh, my dad would, he would always say, well, you don't buy uh, cough syrup. You would just take uh, honey and whiskey and mix it together. And he's like, that's as good as cough syrup. And I remember, you know, having that as a kid. And now I think, well, if you do that right now, like you go to jail if you give your kids that now. You're you're drinking it all through high school. Dad got a cough. Just suppressing a <laughs> cough. Like, oh, 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 I need some more Kentucky gentleman, Dad. Um so real quick on, on their trip, uh, as they move on, they stop and they have <laughs> packed food on their trip. They stop and they have a picnic. Um, this is something that my family never did. Now, my mom would always make a, uh, like a little thing of snacks, like there might be granola bars or Pop-Tarts, you know, but never like a meal in the car. Um, you know, our big thing was, I told you that we always stopped halfway at uh, the arch in St. Louis. And that's where white castle was. And so that was our big thing is like, you know, we would look forward to having white castles, um, which of course are terrible, but, uh, they were very exciting because we didn't have them in Oklahoma. So were you guys like, did you ever on your road trips, you ever have uh, picnics, food, anything like that? Or, or, uh, um, it was a lot of, it was a lot of just like McDonald's and stuff like that. You know, when I was a kid, my mom, I think my mom packed sandwiches once or something. And, it's you know when you're packing it in a cooler and everything's on top of itself and you know it gets soggy without a dog pissing all over it like in the movie you know what i mean so it, <laughs> which which was that was great how uh edna just kind of did that like tastes fine to me and ate it like this yeah. there's like yeah. such an old lady old person like I'm, my grandma would tell, you know my grandma was one of those that was like uh uh don't waste anything you know i mean they grew up like my grandma grew up dirt poor there was my grandma and grandpa and my mom and her family for one year lived in a tent he was building their house so uh i mean i remember going to her house and you know if she cooked something you didn't like it that's too bad you know you you definitely had to have it so yeah it, it was funny that they, that she would do that and that's uh, he also sees uh, what's her name at that point too, right? Who? What's her? Is that Christy Brinkley? Christy or? Brinkley. Yeah. Yes, and that's going to come up here in just a minute. Okay. Uh, but she's the uh, in the uh, the sports car where she pulls up next to him, and of course he's you know lost in the moment. He's looking at uh, her, and, you know, forgets that he's got uh, you know his wife and stuff in the car. In the car next to uh, him. <laughs> right. Uh, so yeah, that's, uh, and she comes back later, uh, in a hotel scene, but, um, so as he's going, they're driving or whatever. And then, uh, there's a moment where they, he's not paying attention. I think he falls asleep, right? Uh, when he jumps the car, yeah. uh, off the road. Um, and, uh, so I wanted to ask you, uh, and I know the answer to this because I remember when it happened, we were talking, but. I wanted to ask you, have you ever had car trouble? Oh, man, it's funny. <laughs> that I don't know if, about it for you, but that Facebook memory just came up uh, the other day for me when you had posted something about that. 
I think I did see that. Yeah, that was horrible, man. I was like coming home from a trip to my brothers in Carolina, and my kids were a few years younger, but they were, you know, not too bad. And uh, yeah, the alternator went on my truck and or my van. And, and the scary thing was, is like I was in the middle of West Virginia on a stretch on Route 19 where it's like, you got a little town, you got nothing. You got a little town, you got nothing. So I was like, let me get to where there's a town and there's a Walmart. And I got to where there was a Walmart and and a dealership and everything you think and you would think like okay the dealership i got a warranty done we'll be out of here oh my god it was three days i was there because they they ordered the wrong part then they didn't get the then the part didn't come and then oh, it, was a, it was such a it was such a pain in the butt um but the nice thing was is i was i was out of work for a hernia surgery so <laughs> i didn't have to rush back to work or anything but yeah. And, and and I'll be honest, there was, I mean, it was frustrating because it's like, we didn't have a vehicle, you know what I mean? So like, just to get to Walmart, which was across the road, but up a hill, you had to have them, you know, shuttle you over. So if we needed something, we would call them and be like, hey, but uh, there was, there was something that was, there actually is like some slight fond memories from that. And, and it sounds kind of weird, but just I remember we were sitting, all of us in the room, like we took the kids, they didn't have a pool in this hotel, but they had like a racquetball room or something. So we just like went in there and let the kids just kind of go nuts and burn some energy, you know, and, uh, and then I remember we went back and I think we got like pizza or something, I don't know, and we sat in the room and it was like one of those kids choice awards or something. And uh, so there's certain songs that if I hear them now, just... You know, my daughter and I will put on certain songs in the car, specifically that we heard that night on the show, and so it does. Have, it kind of does have a fond memory, even though it was frustrating that what happened. Yeah. You know, road trips have that effect where, towards you, you know, with enough time, you remember the good stuff, and you you don't remember the bad stuff. You know, or the bad stuff doesn't seem as bad. Um, <clears throat> you know, we just talked about going through memphis and um if you remember last year is when uh, my family and i we went we had uh rented a basically a townhouse in florida and we took two cars so my kids drove one car and and my wife and i were in the other car and uh, we got to memphis and parked at the hotel and came out the next morning and i had a completely flat tire and so we, I mean, we'd already reserved this room, and so we sent the kids on to Florida and uh, called AAA, and they sent the tow truck, and then the tow truck that came said they couldn't tow me. <laughs> they sent a different tow truck, and just was hours and hours. And they got us to the uh, Goodyear Tire Place in town, which was like two or three miles away, but the tow truck guy wouldn't give us a ride, so we had to call an Uber. Uh, Uber canceled, and I literally waved down a stranger it was next door I'm getting coffee at Starbucks and I'm just running like a crazy person with $20 in my hand. And I was like, well, you take us two miles away for $20. And the guy turned out to be a nice guy. Unfortunately, he wasn't a serial killer. Hmm. He drove us to, to Goodyear. And then when we got there, they said, well, we could fix your tire today. But then when we got there, they said, oh, by the way, we're, we don't have your tire. It'll be tomorrow. And I'm like, well, what am I going to do? Sleep in your lobby? I mean, there's just you know, to the point where I did feel like um, the next scene we're going to talk about it when maybe Chase explodes. But I've done like I've done everything I could do. Like, I'm stuck. 
I'm in a town. I don't have a place to stay. I can't get an Uber right now. I can't you know, get around. And then you're jerking me around. like. And then uh, Susan told me to sit down and calm down. And she went up there and the guys said, there were two guys at the counter and they said, listen, we'll fit you in today. And what she had done was given them each 20 bucks. So that, that was the moral of that story is that for you know, me getting mad and arguing with the guys did not get us anything, but Susan bribing them got us right to the front of the line. Uh, and they did fix my tire and we got there at one or two in the morning, but, uh, but you know, it all ended up working out. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, moving things along, they, they deal with the, uh, backwoods guys who fix their car. They're stuck just like I was stuck, just like you were stuck. You know, when your cars broke down here in a strange town, you pay the price and, and move along. They do get out. This is where Aunt Edna, unfortunately, passes away in the car. <laughs> they argue about whether they're going to put her on the roof. Um, and uh, they end up dropping her off. Which that that is that is hilarious. You know, my my son and I were just dying laughing because you see the the car coming at you, right? And it's raining, just like you know. Uh, I, I think uh, she, Clark's wife didn't want to put her on there because it could rain or whatever. And uh, so it's raining, and she's up there sitting like in rigamortis <laughs> set in, <laughs> and there's a blanket over her, and you can be like, yeah, I can see how that could be a body. And then as it passes, like all you can see is her hair and the back of her head, like the blanket doesn't even cover her all the way. It was that that was absolutely hilarious, you know. And, but the kids were like, there's no way we're driving with a dead body because they were already they were already like kind of skeeved out by Aunt Aunt. Aunt Edna, anyways, because she'd be leaning on him or on all that stuff. So <laughs> right, you know. she's like, "Oh, a dead person touched me!" You know, Audrey's all freaked out. Um, and so, uh, anyway, they drop her off. The kids want to cancel the trip at this point. Everybody's wants to cancel, and Chevy Chase has put so much into the trip. And this is the moment where he loses his mind. Uh, I cannot repeat on the podcast what he says, um, but he just goes crazy. Um, and uh, I got to admit, I've, ha I've had these moments, you know, I've been on road trips and just blown up at the kids, blown up at Susan, uh, you know, when things oh, no. go wrong. I... there's that moment where it's, it's, it all comes out. I, I wait, I'll blow up at the kids. I do not blow up at the wife. No, that makes for a long road trip. <laughs> I don't, man. I don't care how, how right you think you are. Not in the road trip. No, sir. So they. Yeah, they uh, uh, they unwind. They go to the hotel, and this is when uh, Clark runs into Christy Brinkley again. She is uh, goes to the pool, and then Clark does his little thing where he is going to sneak out. He's telling her all these strange lines, you know, about how he's uh, uh, that wasn't his family. She oh yeah, he, he owns the hotel chain, <laughs> right? And he's going around. Uh, jumps into the water and then screams because it's so cold, which his wife that comes out and makes for this yeah. whole awkward thing, you know. Can I, I, I don't know what you think about it, this part. Yeah, so I mean, I'm first of all, it's a movie, okay? So I know it's a movie, but you know, the whole movie, he's this just like like bumbling buffoon, right? He, and it's funny, um, but then it's like eh, you're kind of an ass, like okay, and so you. It makes him not likable. This scene. Yes. Speak in, in, and then it makes her like kind of sad in the sense that like, she's just like, okay, Sparky, 
Like, oh, no. I don't know. Yeah, it it definitely made him unlikable for sure. Like, mm-hmm. okay, everything that happens, you, you're like goofy and like, um, but this, I was just like, and I'm not trying to be like all like, but it, it definitely was like, I don't know, man. Like, I, the 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 car driving flirting thing, like, okay, it's funny. He's like, but but then this, like, he was just like, yeah, I'm gonna go for it. This is crazy. Everything this is crazy. that he does, I mean, like the stuff at Dodge City, the stuff, um, you know, all these things is still for the vacation you know what i mean like he's still trying to do things for his family and so this doesn't fit because it's not something for his family yeah it completely goes against you know his whole drive is like no we're gonna have a family vacation together we haven't done this we need to do this as a family because at some point you're gonna be growing older but then he's like and uh, i'm gonna bang the chick in the red ferrari (laughs) right so uh the next day, they uh, they wake up and they finally arrive at Wally World. This is basically the uh, the last portion of the movie. They play Chariots of Fire as Rusty and uh, Clark are running through. Well, all the families running through the parking lot, and they get to the entrance and discover that Wally World is closed. Um, and so they're gonna leave, but then they come back. Uh, well, they, they do leave, and Clark comes back with a BB gun that he has purchased. And his plan is essentially to take the guard hostage, and uh, the guard is, is uh, well, there are two guards, but the, the guard that, that they take hostage is John Candy. And uh, this becomes the end of the movie. They hold him hostage. They go on all the rides. Uh, the other guard, who they did not take hostage, calls uh, the police. A SWAT team shows up. They raid, uh, you know, their little, they put an end to this little Griswold vacation. And um, what's his name? Roy. Is it Roy Wally? Uh, shows up. It's supposed to be like uh, like Disney, right? Yes. Like like actual Walt Disney. You know, he kind of, he, he looks like it. Oh, yeah. He they definitely, up. yeah, the mustache and everything and trying to go for that yeah. look. And, uh, you know, Clark gives him the speech and he's like, you know, I went a little crazy. He's like, you went a lot crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know? His antics are, are, are funny for sure. Yeah. yeah. And he, and he talks him out of, of pressing charges and, and, uh, and, and that's, you know, basically the end of the film that they've had, they've had all this. Now, let me tell you how this movie originally ended when they showed this to test audiences. Uh, the Griswolds showed up Wally world was closed. And so they left and they found the home address of Roy Wally. And they went to his house and essentially tortured him. Uh, <laughs> And it was like, you know, we're getting even. We went on this whole road trip, and and uh, your place is closed, and that, and they're gonna like take him hostage and and kidnap him or something. But they're, they're definitely they're torturing him, and uh, the, the same kind of thing happens. Eventually, the police show up, but Christy Brinkley shows up, and it turns out that she is Roy Wally's daughter. daughter. Yeah, figured. And so she talks the police or talks her dad out of pressing charges. And so that is kind of how the movie ends. Uh, they showed this apparently one time and audiences hated it. So uh, they went back to the drawing board to make a new ending of the movie. And this is something that you may or may not notice, but if you go back and watch the movie, you'll definitely see this in the last scene where the family is being arrested uh, and they, they put everybody up against the wall. Like they've got their hands on the wall. You'll notice that Rusty, 
Anthony Michael Hall is about a foot taller than Audrey. Uh, and that is because now during most of the movie, they're basically the same height, but they had left. They had finished making the movie and he hit a growth spurt. And so uh, when they came back to film this scene, he was like almost a foot taller than her. And so it's very noticeable that he is older and much taller than her in that scene. And I did fact, not notice that. Yeah, I think I read somewhere that in the original draft, she was supposed to be older than him. And then they've kind of reworked it that he's older than older than her because uh, of the that end. scene. Yeah. Yeah. So hmm. I'm sure, you know, that the uh, Griswolds went on many vacations, as we mentioned at the top of the show, uh, and had lots of uh, uh, memories. Got to mention this. Um, when I was uh, 19, it was just um, a year or so out of high school, my friends and I decided to go to Six Flags. Uh, Six Flags over Texas, which is uh, between Dallas and Fort Worth. It was uh, probably four-hour drive. It was the furthest road trip I'd ever been on by myself without my parents at that time, right? And so we went, and this was kind of like our trip to Wally World. It was much shorter, but my friends and I, we all stopped at the Ripley's, believe it or not, museum. We stopped and we did all this stuff. We had a good time. And uh, a friend of mine also drove. So we both drove. And when we got there, we found out it was $20 to park at Six Flags. And uh, right outside Six Flags was a subway. And I said, a subway sandwich. Shocking, right, yeah. not, not a subway. And so I said, hey, here's what we're going to do. We're going to eat at Subway, and then we'll just leave some trash on my dash so it looks like we've eaten at Subway, and then we'll all get in your car. And so we won't have to pay $40. We'll only pay $20. Um, as if I was the first person ever to think about leaving my car in front of Subway and not pay the entrance fee. And so we went inside Six Flags, we went on this water ride, and during the water ride, I lost my keys. My keys fell out of my pocket and went into the water ride, and we went and found an attendant, and he said, you know what, at the end of the night, they drain everything out. We'll find your keys, but it won't be until tomorrow morning. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is terrible. And so when we left, we drove back to the subway, and my car was gone. <laughs> they had impounded my car for parking oh, no. and leaving in front of subway. Uh, and then we couldn't go get my car because I also didn't have my keys. So um, we had to go get the car the next day, uh, get it out of impound. Uh, and then, then we had to go back to six flags. We had to go get my key. It was a whole mess. And so I think that's the closest I've ever come to my own uh, uh, Wally, Wally world experience. experience. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so, but anyway, so what I was going to say is, as we wrap this up is that uh, obviously the Griswolds had a lot of, of family vacations and fun vacations. And uh, I wanted to ask you what your favorite road trip memory is uh, from a kid or as a kid. Uh, I have to go with uh, my Walt Disney world trip, 1986. It was, yeah. uh, you know, especially looking back at it, you know, that my mother made it happen being a, a, a new single mom and, and she was just about to enter into a dental program of college for herself. You know, it was, uh, it was a big deal, you know, and, and it was fun. It was a long trip. I think we were gone for like two weeks cause we not just at Disney, but 
you know, again, we stopped at my my grandfather and wicked step grandmother's house on the way home for a couple <laughs> days. I think we we're there maybe like two days there, um, two and a half days. And Disney, I'm not really sure. I think we were here at Disney for like three days, maybe. Um, it was at that point. It was only Epcot Center and the Magic mm-hmm. Kingdom. Uh, but we also my mother's um, like high school best friend lived, I believe, in just outside of Jacksonville, Florida. She lived. They lived on a naval base there, and uh, we stayed with them for like a week. So we and that's why we I saw the Lost Boys when we were down there. Um, yeah, so it was it was a cool cool road trip, you know, and and it was my first time really being out of New York. I think I had been out of New York. I had been in Pennsylvania. We went to Gettysburg. Uh, but this was like the longest trip I had ever been out of. So it was weird because like I remember driving at night and we were down south and it was in the dead of summer and it was hot and we got out of the car at the gas station and there was like freaking giant beetles all over the ground and everything. I was like, what the? <laughs> like, we don't have this up north. You know, just weird stuff like that. And I remember getting caught uh, in the car, we got caught in like this major, major like thunderstorm, right? And I'm thinking we're gonna die. It's gonna be a tornado or hurricane or something. You know, because I'm a kid, and um, it was very memorable. It was, it was, it was a good time, you know. And and like I said, thinking back at it, especially you know what my mom did to to make it happen, um, that was that was really good. And 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 I know you said about being a kid, but if I could even just go to like more recent now with my family, sounds cheesy. Our trip to Disney World in 2018, because yeah. because uh, one because we all had a great time at Disney, but we had a we like my kids really didn't fight. I think there was one little mini like in the hotel room, but that was it. Like everyone just got along. It was, it was crazy. I mean, and that's a long drive from here. It was like a two day drive. And, and, um, so again, I mean, I love Disney and everyone had a really great time. And then just thinking of how well the family gelled. I mean, we could, we could drive to, you know, the store 10 minutes away and there could be five fights. (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right, we, we drove right. like 20 hours and it was great. It was great. I think my favorite kid road trip memory was when we went to the World's Fair. Um, just because, uh, you know, the World's Fair was something that didn't happen very often. You know, uh, it wasn't like, a, I mean, at one point they were going to do it like once a decade or something. And uh, we we went on this you know, basically my dad bought a van for that trip. Uh, he was looking at renting something or whatever, and it was cheaper. He bought this van that had carpet on the, the ground and the walls and the yeah. ceiling, like shag carpet. We, yeah, and, we had one. Um, you know, we just laid on the floor and colored and stuff. And, and we stayed in uh, Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, which was an hour away. That was the closest we could get a hotel to Knoxville, Tennessee. And, uh, Pigeon Forge is like, uh, I mean, it's a sideshow type town that we went to this place called Magic World. We went to uh, the Ripley's Museum, a wax museum, and we we just spent the whole time hanging out. And then we went to the World's Fair. And I mean, I didn't understand the 
scope of everything that we were seeing. Like when you're a kid, they had the the world's, this was uh, the year after the Rubik's Cube, and they had the world's largest Rubik's Cube, which impressed me. I mean, I think they had, you know, a vice president or something. I was like, oh, who cares? Look at this giant Rubik's Cube, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> I remember Bud, Budweiser brought all their Clydesdale horses, and I remember going up and seeing it, you know. So just all that that fun, you know, stuff you did along the way. That was the best kind of road trip for me as a kid. Um, this may sound cheesy, but I think as an adult, one of my favorite road trips was when I got to come see you because uh, it was a whole family trip and we had planned it out for like an entire week. I was on the road for a week. We left from here. That's where we went to uh, Merrimack Caverns. We That's where we went to the St. Louis Arch. We went to uh chicago then we went to cleveland that's when we saw the house from a christmas story we went to the rock and roll hall of fame uh i mean we just had so many things that we got to stop and see we went to niagara falls you know we did the whole the what is it the lady of a mist tour like we'd never been to niagara falls and and did the tour down there we went to the world's worst wax museum uh, right across the border in uh in Canada that, uh, I mean, I still look at those pictures and laugh. They were so funny. Um, and then, uh, I believe at that point, no, no, you didn't come here. <laughs> I didn't come here. No. So that was my favorite trip is when I didn't see you. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite trip is when I basically drove right past where you live. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, no we, we had, when I came up, we had just uh, known each other briefly at that point. We didn't, yeah, we didn't know we each other that well. That. The other trip is where we came up and went to Washington, D.C., and yeah. then Susan and the kids flew home. Yeah, and you drove out this way. Yeah, I went there and, and went around. So we have made a point of uh, – we Susan and I made a pact when the kids were young, and we said before they graduate high school, we want our kids to have been to all 50 states and uh many years ago we hit that goal so we have been on lots and lots and lots of road trips to get in all 48 states and then we took a cruise to alaska and the last one was we took a cruise to hawaii and marked off uh, 4950 so i don't know that we've never had anybody die in the car mm. we've never had anybody <laughs> there's a lot of things that they that happened to uh jerry kill a dog that we didn't no, no, that didn't happen. You know, we didn't talk about that. You but, didn't uh, drag a dog. You didn't keep up for about a while. <laughs> yeah, that was. Uh, um, that, that was funny. Uh, that cop was like ready, walking up. The the police officer like ready to just knock the crap out of him, right? And then they're yeah. talking. And he's like, and I, I really didn't. Mean it. He's like, I can buy that. <laughs> <laughs> I can buy that. Like, all right, he's got the leash right there. But uh, yeah. We've had a lot of good road trips. So one of these days, uh, I was just telling uh, Sean, I just sent him a message. The next year they're having the first Golden Girls uh, <laughs> uh, convention in Chicago. So maybe we'll both go on a road trip. And, and I, meet so I, I, I mentioned that to my to Nicole. And uh, at first, second, we're like, we could do that, you know. And then, <laughs> and uh, so then I look it up. Cause I had heard about it somewhere before and then you sent it to me and I was like, you know, I forgot about that. And so then I looked it up and I was looking at everything that they're doing. And, and then she kind of goes, but what are they going to do? And I was like, naming off some of the things. And then we both go, nah, I don't think so. 
It's not, uh, no, here's a better road trip for us. I just read Cave Cove. Yesterday. Are we going to Cave Cove, Maine? <laughs> Which doesn't <laughs> well, exist. This is all, almost as good. <laughs> uh, they are opening up uh, several nights right now for the original house from Home Alone to be an Airbnb, and you could rent uh, uh, rooms in the original house from Home Alone. So we could meet up there. Oh yeah, that'll be an affordable. Be... That'll be an affordable trip. <laughs> We could kind of like dress in our PJs and show up and <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, well, man, let's. Uh, I uh, the good news is I had so much fun coming up with these questions and hearing your answers. And uh, it's funny that every time we do one of these, I, I learn stuff about you and, and hear great stories. So that's the good news. The bad news is that I have uh, I didn't realize how long all this was going to take, and I have kept you up past your bedtime. Well. I was going to say, I think by the time we got to them arriving at Wally World was about the time stamp in the movie of when they got to uh, Wally World, like an hour and 28 <laughs> minutes into the movie or something. In, we did it in real time. So, uh, I guess no, it, part where we, it, was, it was fun. It was fun. I, I like uh, going over. So, I mean, yeah, it's for the movie, and we kind of touched on the movie a little bit, but it's it's that relatability to, to, to the things in the movies, right? And yeah. And, and why it gets you know we like it and stuff like that but no it was yeah. fun like i said it's uh as a kid you can relate to rusty as an adult i kind of relate to clark <laughs> a little bit but uh it, there's definitely stuff uh in this movie i can't imagine anybody listening to the show hasn't seen the movie but if you haven't and you've ever gone on a road trip for more than 15 minutes with uh, your family there's definitely something relatable in here for you yeah for sure for sure all right man well uh where can people find you if they don't know which i'm sure they do Go to, uh, I got a lot going on now. Uh, the old days in the plugs, I didn't have anything, but uh, of course, robohara.com. You can find links to stuff. All my podcasts are at podcast.robohara.com. Uh, I've started doing my podcasts as uh, streams. So if you like uh, Commodore video games, things like that, go to Twitch. Uh, my name on there is robohara. It's twitch.tv forward slash robohara. And uh, if you go to the podcast.robohair.com, it's got links to YouTube stuff, too. So I used to not be doing anything. Now I'm doing all kinds of crazy stuff. All right. Sounds good. And if you want to find any of the things that I am currently uh, involved in, you can go to alldutchpods.com. And there's links to uh, the shows I'm doing. So anyways, that's going to wrap up this episode. Hopefully, we'll be talking to you in December. Oh, wait, it is another time in December, a Christmas episode will make up for not being here in November. For now, let's hit that holiday road. Mm -hmm.